Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today, within the Librocube is, of course, Movie Monday. Move over Monday, it's Movie Monday in the Librocube. One thing I say at the top of almost every show, but most importantly, I think, on Mondays, is that there will be spoilers most likely. This is your one, and probably only spoiler warning, unless sometimes I throw it in an additional one, but I sometimes don't. So don't count me saying that there may be other ones as a fact, because it may or may not happen. Whew. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dineros. Bobbies, I like to call them. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you subscribe on iTunes. iTunes? Yep, Tunes. Perhaps you even comment and rate the podcast, because that, my friends, is what helps podcasts grow. Hmm. I just drove by a dead possum. Of course, we are not sponsored by a dead possum. We are sponsored by this week's sponsor. This day's sponsor, more accurately. Today's sponsor is the Parker Posey Edible Sex Doll. Once again, today's sponsor is the Parker Posey Edible Sex Doll. Today, I have for you three movies. Why only three, you may ask? Well, with the uh, season four of Arrested Development just came out uh, on Sunday, so I have been working my way through the first three seasons in preparation to watch all of season four. Uh, this coming weekend, and I will bring that back. That will be kind of a special TV Tuesday uh, Arrested Development edition. So look forward to that with breath, perhaps even bated breath, next TV Tuesday. Not the one I'm going to record tomorrow, but the one after that. All right? All right. So with that in mind, I am hoping to get these three movies done on my way to work. Wish me luck. Although, you're listening to this after I've attempted to do it, so the luck that you wish me, you'll have to wish it to the past. Time-traveling luck is what I need here. Movie the first is called Price Check. Hmm. Available for you, for your viewing pleasure on Canadian Netflix, which I assume means also available on American and other countries' Netflixes as well kind of a pain in the ass that friggin' exists. Why couldn't Netflix just pay for every movie they have available to be available in all countries? Goddamn laws. That's why I try to break as many laws as possible. This movie stars Parker Posey. And a man by the name of Eric Mobius. Ooh, I like that last name. Why do I think I wrote that down wrong? Not the Eric part, the Mobius part. I guess that's his name. 
Uh, I, him, he sort of looked va- vaguely familiar. He is actually, uh, I guess, Parker Posey and Eric Mobius could be considered co-stars of this movie. Uh, the movie is about Eric Mobius. Mobius. Eric Mobius plays a husband who works at a, I guess, for lack of a better word, a, a supermarket company. Not in the supermarket itself, but the company that runs a chain of supermarkets. So pretty exciting. Now, he's uh, pretty bored with life. Uh, was offered sort of vice presidentship of this company, and except from the sounds of it, turned it down just because he doesn't want to get too involved with a life that he really has no desire to be involved with. So along comes a new president, because apparently this chain is struggling. What with your Walmarts, uh, which came up a couple of times, Walmart, how uh, it's sort of squeezing them out, which I think has some strong basis in reality. Although in the town I live in, we have a Walmart and a Zares, and uh, they both seem to be doing pretty good. The Zares was there just this past weekend, as a matter of fact, and it was freaking packed. So I think two supermarkets of the same, of different types can exist, such as that side by each, practically. Hmm? Can't we all just shop along? Uh, Parker Posey comes in to sort of turn this around and bring in all her new ideas, her radical new ideas. She, (laughs) Parker Posey, you may remember, really the only place I remember her from is from the movie Dazed and Confused, where she played the mean girl, very, very mean girl. She, some of that comes through in this character, definitely because she is not very nice and pretty crazy. She plays just a just a crazy person who comes in and wants to shake things up. She sort of ends up relying very heavily on Eric Mobius's character. I didn't write down his character's name, so let's just call him Mobius because that's a cool name. And uh, they are sort of I guess through her intentions forced to work very very closely together and eventually have an affair together. Oh no, an affair? Which uh, is shitty, because his wife seems very, very nice and is very, very attractive. Not that Parker Posey's not too shabby-looking either, I should say. The wife sort of finds out, intuitively knows about this affair, but also knows that in order for him to keep his high-paying job and to keep them out of debt, or to rather, I guess, get them out of debt, she sort of uh, plays along and ignores it. So uh, the movie's basically the interaction between these three, along with some of the folks at this office, and uh, it was very, very good. It definitely, I think you could easily put this into the dark comedy category, which, as you know, if you've listened to many, many of these podcasts, dark comedies are some of my favorites of movies. So I'm going to give her a four to five. Yeah, not too shabby at all. Liked it, recommend it, yay you. Okay, let's move on to, oh, I just realized, move on to another dark comedy. Huh. Uh, this one is probably heavier in the in the darkness and the dramas than the comedies. The comedies is just sort of a, a bystander who pops in from time to time. This movie I'm talking about is Lars and the Real Girl. This movie was recommended to the missus and I from a friend of ours, and to give you a little hint on how I felt about the movie, I will say, thank you, Steph, 
for recommending this. Ah, very much liked it. Uh, why not? Just before I forget, because sometimes I do give out my rating unprofessionally right off the bat and say, uh, five out of five. <laughs> How about that? Five out of five. Uh, the movie stars Mr. Ryan Gosling and other people who you will recognize that I didn't write down their names. Ah. Uh, he lives in the garage of his brother's home. His brother is married to his sister-in-law. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's how that works. And uh, they're kind of a little worried about Ryan Gosling because he doesn't sort of have much interaction with human beings. Sort of goes to work, he's very shy, he comes home. Um, his sister-in-law is sort of constantly pestering him to come and uh, just join them for dinner, something as simple as that. And he sort of shyly refuses, makes excuse after excuse after excuse, etc. ad nauseum. And he's just probably one of the most socially awkward people you will see on film. So uh, it was good to see Mr. Ryan Gosling there showing his acting chops a bit, which uh, I think he did very well in, in putting that across. <laughs> I, I think what it is, and... Uh, a relatively, actually, uh, simple technique kind of brought this across. He would sort of blink at odd moments for long, long periods and often. And just doing that made him feel very, very awkward in any sort of social situation. So, to actors listening, and I assume there are Brazilians of you, if you are playing a socially awkward person, blink often and longly. All right? This has been the Maywood Acting Studio. Let's continue on with our talk. So uh, we're introduced to his character, and then six weeks pass, and he gets a delivery. The delivery is a giant box. Within this giant box is, of course, a real doll. If you are unfamiliar with a real doll, uh, you may or may not have heard of it. It is basically a sex doll, but a sort of incredibly lifelike looking and expensive sex doll made out of, I guess, like latex and probably uh, sort of as close as you can get to looking to a lifelike person made from synthetic products. Probably a real doll. Hmm. Anatomically correct, I should mention. So he gets one of these and I don't know if he had this plan all along from the moment he bought it or made up this sort of thought in his head that once he received it, he treated it as if it were a real girl. Sort of a little Pinocchio action there. So it started out, and this was sort of, for me, the funniest part of this movie is when he introduced this girl to his brother and sister-in-law and sort of said, can we come over for dinner? <laughs> so just the looks on their faces when they're sitting at the dinner table, uh, <laughs> and then we pan to his quote-unquote date, and it is this sex doll. <laughs> Good stuff. I laughed very, very hard at that point. Her name is Bianca. She is Brazilian and Russian, was it? Oh, I don't remember. So uh, I should speed through this, because I got one more movie, and I'm getting close to work. Uh, it's just it was very good, so I have a lot to talk about. Mm. Now, they go to a psychologist who is played by... Oh, shit, I didn't write down her name. She was the mother from the television show Six Feet Under. 
Why do I think Laura Dern? That might or might not be right. That's the name curse there. Anyways, uh, sh this psychologist recommends that they play along. Uh, I was curious at this point whether a psychologist would actually recommend this fact. So, if you are listening to this and are uh, psychologists, what, what do you think of that premise, playing along? Uh, now, in order to do so, they get the, and this was sort of the, the heartwarming, little mind-boggling part, they get the entire town they live in to play along as well. It was a small town, but still. Yeah, but still. So then, sort of the vast chunk of this movie is Ryan Gosling and this doll sort of going around, meeting people. Eventually the doll gets a job <laughs> and starts spending time with the people of this town. And then, this is the spoilery part, I guess, uh, she gets very, very sick, this doll. Obviously this sort of thing is happening in Ryan Gosling's brain, and she dies. And it was very, very sad, and Ryan Gosling obviously took it hard, but what is perhaps not so obvious is that the whole town took it very hard as well. They had a funeral, and I will say, I did, despite being a manly, manly man, shed a couple of tears <laughs> when this friggin' sex doll died. It was sad, man. Uh, so did the missus, just so I feel a little bit better about myself. Okay, moving on to... Uh, the last movie I'm going to talk about, hmm. which I have to do sort of quickly. <laughs> the movie is called Three Stars, and coincidentally, <laughs> uh, I just realized this, I am going to give it three out of five. Hmm. The three stars in question in this movie are referring to the three stars that can be awarded chefs by the Michelin rating system. So uh, if you are unfamiliar, unfamiliar, you probably are unfamiliar, because that is not a word. So if you are it, that would be odd. If you are unfamiliar, there exists something called the Michelin Guide, which rates, uh, I believe, restaurants and chefs. And chefs are rated, I believe both are rated, on a scale of uh, one to three. So three being the highest, one being the lowest. Zero being you are not even on the list. Mm -hmm. So this was a documentary about this guide and sort of its effects on the uh, restaurant industry in general. Uh, something I did not realize is that when they say Michelin Guide, I thought it was maybe somebody else's name that they used for the guide, but it is actually the company that makes tires because they had a little uh, thing where the Michelin man showed up there and they showed him giving out one of the awards. So uh, I kind of did think, despite the names being exactly the same and sort of a a strange name, that they were they were different bodies, let's say. Uh, so the movie followed nine different Michelin Award winning chefs on uh, three continents. I don't remember what the continents were. It was Europe, um, North America, and Asia. Yeah, okay, there you go. I do remember. Sort of what it focused on is how these stars can affect your business and sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of left it up to us to decide whether this is a good or bad thing. They sort of, sort of, I think, showed their bias a little bit in that um, these stars can affect people to such a high degree that it can mean the difference between your restaurant uh, even existing or not. So if you were to have 
say there was the, the sort of prime example they used, and I will use, is that one of the people that sort of came up in this uh, documentary was a man who had three stars and then found out that he, I can't remember if he went down to two or went down to one, uh, and then killed himself. Yeah, like that serious. Uh, another thing that sort of popped up in this movie that I'm not sure if they wanted to put any focus on, well, I guess they did, was the fact that these chefs um, work so incredibly hard, incredibly long hours, 15-hour days is sort of the norm, and yet they are not raking in the dough, despite what you might think. Even these three-star chefs are not super, super rich people. For the, for the amount they work, hours-wise, and how long they have to work, and how much training they need, uh, I sort of agree with them, and it's a little biased from their point of view, I suppose, but uh, I agree with them that they are quite often not getting the, the, the sort of monetary uh, reward they deserve for all this hard work. Forget why it came up, but uh, I mentioned to the missus not too long ago that I think my worst job that I would hate to have would be to roofing during the summertime, <laughs> up on a hot roof during the summertime. That would be one of my worst jobs. But I think after watching this, uh, I'm going to put being a chef in my top five of jobs that I would hate to do. So there you go. There I go. There we go together. Folks, I'm at work. So I'm going to wrap this up like a tight little package. <clears throat> I will wrap it up by saying, as I always do, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Libra Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address. Mailwood.jordan at gmail.com And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.